Hello, you are on the Transfer Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Today Agbola. We focus on the life of Jesus Christ, the fathers of the faith, both who serve as witness in the time of the Old Covenant, looking forward to the days of Christ, and those who are apostles during the life of Christ, who are witnesses to the resurrection life. And then on to the early fathers of the faith and men in contemporary times. And our goal is to glean wisdom for us to apply contextually as we find ourselves in similar situation in our day. Our prayer is that as you join us in these discussions and this conversation, you will hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and you will apply those wisdom to your life and live a life worthy of commendation by God. So join us as we go in this journey together. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are on the Transfer Podcast. Thank you for joining us again today, fellowshipping with us to look into the perfect law of liberty as we study the life of men of faith that are examples for us on the faith journey. If you have been following this podcast, you will notice that we've been looking at the life of men like Abraham, men like, we look at Adam, Abel, and several other people. But right now, we are still on the life of Abraham, who the Bible called the man of faith. And last week, we continued on the relational issue that happened between Abraham and Lot, and how it was handled, and how some wisdom we can glean from how to and how not to make decisions and handle issue that seems to want to bring problem in relationships. Today we're going to continue on the same line and Loyede will be handling the anchoring of the podcast today. My friend Loyede is still with me today, so Loyede, I will hand over the anchoring of the rest of the podcast to you. Loyede. Sure, sure. Thanks, today. Um, today, I'm thinking we could um, read the latter part of that Genesis 13 that we've been uh, looking at. Um, if we could read from verse um, 14 to 18, yeah. Do, do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. Oh, I will do that. Genesis chapter 13, from verse 14 to 18. I will be reading the English Standard Version. Verse 14. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lord had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward, and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give you unto your offspring forever. 
I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, the spring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land. I will give it to you. So Abraham moved with tents and came settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Yeah, thanks, Sunday. Um, <coughs> I think there are, a couple, there are a couple of things to to think about if this uh, this is uh, four or five verses. But to be honest, something that jumped at me is the number of times at least in ESB because I also have ESB the number of times that we are reading I will I will and that's God speaking I will I will and you know when think about earthly fathers right how children relate to their fathers so children would be very happy if their father says I will I will give you this that's essentially because they believe daddy has a lot of money if daddy wants to do it he will get it done now think about God the creator of heaven and earth I find it so comforting I find it exciting whenever God says I will so in verse 15 it says i will give to you i will make your offspring and uh, i will give it to you it, it it provides a bit of security you have this peace of mind that comes from the assurance that god is powerful it's one thing to make a promise is the other is another thing to have the power to bring that promise to fulfillment i'm just i'm just excited what what are you seeing there? No, you're making a very great point. Uh, the assurance of our Heavenly Father of what He will do for a person. And you know, as you were mentioning, I will, I will, the word will just continue to jump at me. And uh, I might say some things that looks a little bit like literature, but alliteration, but it, it's, it's a fact. God will do what He wills that is in line with his will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so when mm-hmm. you align with his will, you will experience the will of the Father to do what he wills in your life. So mm-hmm. like an alliteration, but it's a biblical fact. God kept telling Abraham, I will do this. It's not a new thing. It's still consistent with what he has said to him in Genesis chapter 12. But he came as a father to reassure, or as his God rather, and let's not use the word father because Abraham that time has not known him as a father, but more as a God, as you will see in the old covenant. But for us in the new covenant, he is as a father now, right? To assure mm-hmm. uh, that he will do what he wills to do. And I see also there that Abraham was not going after his own will. He didn't choose for himself. He waited until God, in verse 14, and the Lord said to Abraham, But for Lot, verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes. 
So Lot was choosing selfishly according to his own will. Abraham, because he has a walk with God, was making choices, waiting for what God says, right? And in waiting for what God says, because he's aligning his will to the will of God, excuse me, he got the Father doing what he wills to do in his life with full assurance of his omnipotence and his ability to keep his covenant. So the Father will do but do we want his will so that we're able to experience what the Father will and wants to do? Wow. Um, that's, that, that is instructive if you ask me, especially if you think about the fact that uh, in this whole process of locating a place for each of them for those who might have been following this podcast remember that uh, relational crisis that we looked at in the earlier part of chapter 13 it will appear as if abraham was was passive almost as if he didn't care whatever it's like take everything but whatever is left i'm going to take it because that's how it looks like to me if we, we, there's something to be shared and you mm-hmm. say to the other person, okay, take take your portion. It's almost like, okay, whatever is left, I will still be able to make some sense out of it. And we find out here, it seems God had a game plan. And that I think is consistent with the idea of his will. If we stay with him, there is something he has in store that you can't even fathom. So people who understand that God has their interests at heart don't even strive for things that can tarnish their image uh, as children of God. Especially, you remember the scripture talks about the fact that there's a way that seems right unto man, but but the end thereof is destruction. So maybe there's a lot of wisdom in waiting. Maybe there's a lot of wisdom in seeking that will of God. Recently, somebody said to me that uh, if we are praying that the kingdom of God should come, it means our kingdom should go. If you, if I mm, have a personal, mm. yeah. If you say your kingdom come, it's, it, it's almost like John the Baptist who was saying, he must increase, I must decrease. Mm, if, mm. This, if this becomes uh, a way of life to us, I think we are the ones who stand to benefit uh, from what God is, is going to do. That's how I'm processing this today. And I agree with you absolutely uh, the way you're processing it. That scripture where Jesus said we should pray thy kingdom come that mm. God on earth. He said thy will be done on earth. And if God's will will be done on earth in a perfect, pervasive way, then it means that every other will has to be undone. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Except the wills that aligns with his will. So Abraham, although he appeared passive, you could almost con- uh, concord that he was praying, God, Lord is about to choose and I, I'm fine, but you are the one who maintain my Lord. Can you show <laughs> what you have in mind 
I'm sure God is not a, a monologue. Mo, what's the word now? He doesn't speak in monologue, right? He dialogues. So Abraham must have been talking to him for him to say something to him. And I feel like Abraham wanting God's will for which God called him rather than strife turn to God in prayer and say, God, although Lot has chosen what looks like the garden of the Lord, <laughs> mm. what is left for me? If he has chosen the garden of the Lord, is, am I left with the garden of the devil? <laughs> 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 and, God, and, and the Lord wanting to assure Abraham that this, the servant of the Lord doesn't strive. Mm-hmm. See, verse 14 said, after Lord has separated for him, say, let, let him go. Let him choose the verse 10 garden of the Lord that he thinks. I am coming to assure you that I called you. I have a covenant that I'm planning to make with you. And I will give to you what I show you. Right? He told Abraham, mm-hmm. For all the land that you see, I will give it to you. And so I see consistently there that uh, we should seek the will of God in our life. Again, because God will not support what we force into us. If God, you remember, you remember Samson when he went to his spirit, mm. marry mm. for me. Right? Give to me. God, I want to move to Poland. I want to move to America. God, rubber stamp it. I think they're mm. adding of the Lord. I want to move to United Kingdom, UAE. I want to move to whatever you think is the green pasture and the garden that in your in, in the world. Mm. Instead of asking, Lord, where would you want me to be? Because then God is committed to his word. Because he honors his word more than his name. So that's that's the way I'm thinking about it. Absolutely. There, there, there's one more thing I wanted to mention um, very quickly, probably. That will be the last point for me. If you look at verses 17 and 18 of Genesis 13. So God says, Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land for I will give it to you. So Abraham moved his tents and came and settled by the oaks of Manre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So two things here. One is the fact that, I mean, and that's something you already alluded to. Uh, Remembering that regardless of which location looks like the Garden of the Lord today, nowhere is really safe except where God puts you, right? And um, we are looking at a gradual leading of the, of the Lord. The Lord is the one leading him. Walk through, go through this place, go through that side. And the last thing I'm reading in verse 18 there is that there he built an altar to the Lord. And this is what I wanted to round up with on my side, that uh, whatever it is that sounds today like a breakthrough, if it's taking you away from your fellowship with the Lord, 
probably you need to give it a second thought. Whatever comes, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to get it, and I already have achieved it. You know, somebody pitched his tent in Vastatin, close to a place, to a place where it was described that great sinners, the people of that place were great sinners against the Lord. But five verses after, somebody is in a place where he's able to build an altar to the Lord. The leading of the Lord, maybe this is in, in, in career decisions for those, for the ones that are single, maybe it's a marital decision, maybe this is whatever it is. Um, as we wait on the Lord in our lives, I believe that His will is something that will take us closer to Him in our work and in our devotion. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. That is excellent. If if what you think is the will of God is drawing you away from personal work with God, I agree with the Lord there. Then you got to think about it. Absolute great point that He just made there. Probably one of the ways for you to know that you're deviating, that you're moving close to Sodom, you're moving close to the place where you later see was going to be wiped out by the Lord because it's a place of great sin, like the Lord said. You want to see if you're losing your work with God, your quiet time, you can no longer pray. Every time you think of a problem in your life, you don't think God anymore. You don't think communion with God. You're thinking about other solutions, particularly maybe dependent on another person or another people mm. from God. It's a sign that you're probably moving in the wrong direction because when you're moving in God's direction, He will be with you. He, he, you will be mm. close. You will have the shalom that only God has. You will have the hope that only God gives. And this is... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to slow down here, Luide, because you're bringing up a very powerful point to our audience. Um, don't, don't throw away God's destiny for you because you want to choose for yourself. And you notice that as soon as you start making that choice to go to that place, that choice to be a friend of that lady or that, that guy, that choice as soon as you started to choose to go and pastor in that location. You've lost your fellowship with God. Your altars are no longer on fire. Isn't that a sign to you that you might have gone the wrong direction? And a lady is giving you almost like a, a way, a, a, a litmus test of knowing if you are drifting from the Lord. Yeah. Lady. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can only pray that, uh, I mean, because for as long as we are on earth, there would always be decisions to take. The question is, where do I face when that happens? Do I look into the presence of God? Do I, do I turn my face towards God or away from Him? seeking alternative solutions. Um, I pray that the guidance of God and ultimately His peace will permeate every facet of our lives. Thank you. All right. I guess that's where we end today, right? Hello, uh, Yeah, that's good. It would be nice to look at, to, to just see verse 13 of Genesis 13 
and verse 14 of Genesis 13 for you to go and see. Um, actually, verse 11 and verse 14 and see how two people made their choice. I will, mm. will recommend to you to follow the verse 14 model, not verse 11 model. Uh, in one case, somebody chose for himself. In another case, somebody waited for the Lord to speak. So I would like to end the podcast by saying, have you heard God lately about what you're planning to do? What did he say to you? Follow what he says to you, even if it means that you have to separate from someone you've been close to for a long time. Separation is not always evil. Sometimes separation is a sign that you have become holy. Actually, the word holiness has something to do with being separate, separated unto God. So it's okay if you have to separate from people who are making your altar feel like it's dying. It's part of it. And one thing I remember before I, I ran the holiday, we said this after the last class. Mm. We were talking about you know seeking counsel from those who are elders. And we noted mm. that mm. we we are talking about mentors and genuine disciples, not tormentors. It's very possible that uh, your mentor has become your tormentor. <laughs> In that situation where your mentor has become your tormentor, if you can't find reconciliation, which you should try to do first to understand, maybe he's not a tormentor, maybe he's just coming across like he's a tormentor. And if after conversation, you seem like this is truly a tormenting, you don't want to leave fast so that they don't knock your head like it. I told you Javelin like Saul with Javelin David. You want to take one step backward very gently and gently without fight until it is very clear that the gap is, is wide and you are following the Lord. Make sure you know in that situation of separation that it is the Lord you are following. It just came to my mind and I wanted to say that. So with that, always seek to build an altar to Always try not to choose for yourself. Like holy started with seek the will of God because God will support his will in your life. So he will do what he says he will do. And with that, we commend you to the able hand of the Lord to make right decisions, right choices, keep your altar burning, make necessary separation that needs to happen to keep your walk on fire for God. Shalom. <laughs>